Well, my name is Pastor Adam Lee, and I am uh, filling in today. I'm on assignment to continue our sermon series, uh, what we've been talking about, the conversation, the past couple of weeks, called Rest. How many have been enjoying this sermon series? Amen. Amen. Pastor Chris has been bringing the word and, and establishing a firm foundation for this conversation. It's my honor and my privilege to carry on th- this morning uh, the word of God and, and the conversation of rest. Pastor Chris is with our new Hampshire campus this morning. And coincidentally, they have moved in today. It wasn't planned. But today they have occupied their new upgraded meeting space. They switched from one school to another, and it's a much better situation. It's truly an upgrade. So they're there today for their first week in their new meeting place with Pastor Chris, and that's so exciting. Um, Pastor Faith is preaching in Berkeley Springs this morning, and I'm preaching in Hedgesville. All right. And it's it's my joy and privilege to do this, um, to carry on this awesome conversation And without further ado, I'm not going to waste any time if that's okay. We might even be able to get out a little bit early today. (laughs) I only need about two and a half hours. (laughs) All right. Let's stand to our feet for the reading of the word. Jesus promises rest. Can I get an amen? Jesus promises rest. The Bible says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This is a promise in the Bible, and may I add that it is a promise in the Bible that contains red letters. Uh, When I was 16 and I was first saved, my grandmother, uh, I used to call her for for spiritual advice. She was like my pastor. And... uh, she used to say, Adam, pay attention to the letters in red. This is a red letter promise. Come to me, all who, are, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It's a promise from the Lord. Amen? He promises us rest. Let's continue this conversation today. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 8. If you brought your Bibles, open them up. Matthew chapter 8, starting in verse 14. If you don't have your physical Bibles, the passage will be up on the screens to my right and left. You can follow along in the church app or on your phones, any way that you can get the Bible. Matthew 8. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Amen. Matthew 8, 14 through 27 goes like this. And when Jesus entered Peter's house... He saw his mother-in-law lying sick with a fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her. And she rose and began to serve him. That evening they brought to him many who were oppressed by demons, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took our illness and bore our disease. Verse 18. Now when Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave orders to go over to the other side. And the scribe came up to him and said, Teacher, I will follow wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes. 
And birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Another of the disciples said to him, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. Verse 23, when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him and behold, there arose a great storm on the sea so that the boat was being swamped by the waves, but he was asleep. And they went and woke him saying, save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, why are you afraid? O you of little faith. Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a great calm. And the men marveled saying, what sort of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word to us. I pray that your Holy Spirit would empower us to hear your word, to understand it, and to apply it to our lives. That by the power of your spirit, your word would accomplish today what you intended it to accomplish. Thank you for your authority over all things. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You may be seated. The Bible says that he rebuked the sea and the winds and there was a great calm. And the disciples said, who is this that even the sea and the, and the winds obey him? Obey him. They obeyed him because of his authority over them. Amen. That Jesus had authority. So there's two things that I hope to be able to communicate today. Number one, I said at the front that Jesus promises you rest. And Pastor Chris has done a wonderful job explaining what that rest is. It is not rest from your, it's not rest physically. It's not rest from circumstances. It's not rest from pain. It's not rest from trials. It's not rest from stress. It's not rest from anxiety. It is a spiritual rest. And that Jesus promises this kind of rest for your soul. And then number two, that Jesus has authority over all things. And it is in his authority that you rest. I hope today to be able to communicate that, that you can find rest. Rest is found in the authority of Jesus. Amen? The authority of God. So like I said, we're just going to spend the next two and a half hours unpacking that. <laughs> I'm excited today to unpack this, this rest that we find. And it's interesting that they noticed that the wind and the wave obeyed him. And I believe that Jesus was indeed revealing his authority over things to them incrementally. And we find that in our text, and we're going to talk about that, how he touched Martha, uh, Peter's mother-in-law's hand. He touched her hand and he healed her. And then he's speaking to demons and they're being cast out. And then he's rebuking winds and, and, and waves and, they're, and they're, they're, they're obeying him. And he's, he's revealing his authority over all things to them incrementally. But before we talk about that, I'd like to establish a dynamic of authority. I, um, 
this won't be an exhaustive list about how authority works. Uh, but this will be a, a simple dynamic of how authority works. And I think if you follow me for a second, you'll begin to understand. Oh, yeah, that, that's, I can, I can get with that. That's how authority works. How many of you have ever been on an airplane? Okay. Majority of us. My kids will get on an airplane for the first time in June. And they're a little spooked out about it. And I'm excited that they're scared. <laughs> because it'll appear that daddy has the authority. Daddy, is, is, everything, is everything okay? Why is the plane shaking, Daddy? But the truth of the matter is, if you've ever been on an airplane, statistically, it's more, it's safer than getting behind the wheel of your daily driver, right? And if you've ever been on an airplane, even if it's your first time flying, you sit down, you might be a little nervous, but there is a voice of authority that comes over the intercom, and it's the voice of the pilot, and he tells you, where you are currently, when you will depart, how long the trip is, when you will arrive, and, 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 and the voice of authority speaks, and it gives us rest, right? Or at least I pray it gives you rest. I know it's not possible to completely rest on an airplane, but the voice, we rest in others' authority in all kinds of different areas of our life. This is the dynamic of rest and authority. The pilot, halfway through the flight, when the, when the plane gets a little shaky, and it gets a little rocky, and he says, you hear the voice of authority come over the intercom. Fasten your seatbelts. We're experiencing a little turbulence. No mean, for, no, no, no mean to raise a panic. We're still going to arrive at our destination at this time. Uh, please, don't, please don't get out of your seats until we turn on the lights or whatever. Turn off the lights. And you can rest in that authority because there is somebody in the position of authority on the airplane. Amen? And we have what you would call resting confidence in the pilot's authority. So there's a circumstance explaining this dynamic. Another, th- another kind of, another example of this is doctors. We rest in the authority of doctors. And um, I'm talking about good pilots, by the way, and, and excellent doctors, uh, because we're going to go, we're going to, this conversation goes from good to perfect about how we rest in him and the authority of Christ. So it, lousy doctors, lousy pilots, I'm not talking about them today. I know everybody's got stories, but we're talking about excellent. And if, and if you got a, if you have a problem physically with your health, and you need to go to a doctor or a set of doctors to get, to get opinions, to get authority. They can tell you a diagnosis, a plan of action, how long this is going to take, how much it's going to cost you, and, and what you can expect on the other side. All of a sudden, you have the voice of the doctor speaking over your storm, your illness. And although you might be physically ill and in pain and stressed out and anxious... The authority of the voice of the doctor is enough to at least put your heart and your soul and your mind at rest. Am I right? At least just enough. At least just enough. More than you, more rest than you had before you saw the doctor. Amen? I, my wife and I have been on one missions trip together. And, uh, it was with Pastor Sam and Laura in 2019, and we went on a missions trip to Spain. And 
when you're on a trip and you're with unfamiliar in unfamiliar territory with unfamiliar people, and there is an excellent trip leader who is telling you when to wake up. Like, why are we waking up at six? That's ridiculous. When to be at the bus? What's going to happen when we get to the bus? Where the bus is going? What, what we're going to have for breakfast when we get to where the bus is going? What we're going to be doing that day and then for lunch and then for in the evening? How many know, if you're anything like me, I can begin to just rest in the authority of the trip leader. Because those details are not for me to worry about. They're not for me to figure out. I am resting in the excellence and in the authority of the person leading the trip. Amen? So this dynamic exists that we place our trust in authority. Hopefully good authority, right? We place our trust in authority all the time. And there's a story in the Bible that happens right before this story in the same exact chapter, chapter 8, about a, a man who comes to Jesus, the centurion. You guys may, may be familiar with this story, the centurion. He is, he is experiencing an emergency. His servant is sick. Now we didn't read this. So if you need, if you need to test me, go back and read Matthew chapter eight. There's a centurion man who goes to Jesus. Jesus is on his way to Peter's house to heal Peter's mother-in-law. But on the way, the centurion, uh, man comes to Jesus and he's in an emergency. My servant is sick and he's about to die. Will you heal him? Right now, this is the Adam Lee paraphrase. I don't think you can find that uh, anywhere but here. But he approaches Jesus and he says, my servant is sick and he's about to die. Will you heal him? And Jesus says, you can look it up, red letters. He replies to him, I will come and heal him. I will come and heal him. What does the centurion do? He says, no, 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 no. Don't come to my house. For I too am a man of authority, and I have men under me. If I say to a soldier, go here, he goes there. If I say to another soldier, go over here, he goes over here. If I say to my servant, do this, he does it. I too am a man of authority, and I understand how authority works. If you would just say the words, my servant will be healed. Don't even come to my house. And Jesus' response to him, he says, I I have not yet seen faith like this in Israel. And he says, today at this very hour, it will be done to you as you have asked. And his servant was healed. This explains this dynamic of authority and rest. Because here's a centurion man who's having a dire emergency situation. His servant is sick. He's about to die. Jesus is on his way somewhere else. He's preoccupied. He has to press through this crowd, get the attention of Jesus, and make this dire request. You better believe he was anxious. You better believe he was stressed. You better believe he had lost sleep. But you better believe he understood how authority worked. And because he did, he was able to be at rest. Don't even come to my house. Just say the word. And my servant... That sounds like rest to me. So I want to make a point if you're taking notes that you can be a mess and at rest. It is possible that circumstances could not be going your way. Sickness has struck. 
complications has struck, disappointment has struck, failure has happened. You could be a complete mess and still be at rest because you're, you understand how the authority of Jesus works. And here's a perfect example of the centurion who understood authority. Amen? It's a master class in understanding authority. So we have this dynamic that authority and rest are connected. Now we have to establish actually my very first point. Took me a while to get there. We ha- now we have to establish the authority of Jesus. Okay, if we're going to make a connection that we can find rest and authority in pilots and doctors and mission trip leaders, then certainly now we have to establish the authority of Jesus. Jesus was given all authority in heaven and earth. And I, I love the text that we just read because he's revealing his authority incrementally to his disciples. If you read through the book of Matthew, he's preaching the Sermon on the Mount. He's revealing his authority over Scripture, Old Testament prophets. And then the Bible says that he gets to Peter's house, and Peter's mother-in-law is sick. And it says that he just stretches out his hand and touches her, and she is made well. And those that are watching, his disciples in particular... See his authority over sickness. They saw his authority over scripture from the Sermon on the Mount. They see his authority over sickness as he touches Peter's mother-in-law. And then it says that evening they brought to him all that were oppressed by demons. And it says he cast out the spirits with his words. And he's peeling back the onion and he I have authority over the spiritual realm. I can speak to demonic activity and it flees. I can touch someone who's sick and they can be healed. And then they get into a boat and the storm comes, the winds blow, and the waves crash. And he rebukes the wind and the wave. And he reveals to them... The authority is over nature as well. It is over spiritual demonic activity. It is over nature. It is over sickness. It is over scripture. He is incrementally showing us how much authority he has. Amen? And we're, we're, it's establishing the first point of today's message that all authority in heaven and earth have been given to Jesus. All authority in heaven and earth. You know, this story is, if you're not careful, it can, it can start to read a little bit like a bag of tricks. Um, and what I mean is that when you get into a little trouble over here, you pray to God and he just comes up and just does his trick and everything's okay. And then you get over here and you're, and you're wrestling with a demon. Some of you live with them. And you just pray to God, and he just comes over here and he just does his little trick. And if we're careful, we'll make, we'll make an un, unnecessary, wrong connection. 
that Jesus is revealing his authority, he's not practicing tricks. And the more you read your Bible, the more it will, un- it will reveal to you the authority of Jesus. You don't have to go very far from Matthew, over to the book of John, chapter 1. And, 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 you, and you read throughout, I don't have it on the screens, but if you read through John 1, in the first paragraph... You, you begin to uncover a little bit more of the authority of Jesus. It, it, it goes like this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Someone say authority. And then if you keep reading in John, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And then this is where it gets really revealing. I think it's verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only son. So in John 1, he's painting this picture that in the beginning was the word. And the word was God. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And by this word, everything was created. There wasn't anything created that wasn't through him. And then we find out the word was Jesus. And his authority went way past the New Testament, way past the Old Testament, all the way to the beginning of time where creation happened. The Bible says that he's got so much authority that there wasn't anything made that wasn't made through him. Birds, bees, butterflies, fish, cats, dogs, elephants. There wasn't anything made that was made that wasn't made through him. Some will say authority. So if we could place, if, if, if authority can give us rest, and Jesus has all the authority, where do you think we ought to go for rest? Jesus. But some of y'all just go to TikTok. And you know what? I'm just as guilty. I'll be stressed out, flip the phone open, and just get lost for an hour. Did I just reveal how pathetic I am? <laughs> or are some of you thinking, wow, only an hour. <laughs> Woo, I got a lot of work to do. And we go to other stuff for rest. We go to TV. We go to, we go to relationships. We go to substances. We, we, we go to things and places that have no authority over anything. When Jesus has all the authority. And we know that it's a dynamic of how we get rest to go to someone in authority. So, Jesus' authority. They're going to put it up on the screen. Matthew 7, 28 and 29. And when Jesus finished saying these things, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. For he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes there's something different about this one the early disciples were getting a front row seat to the authority of Jesus he was peeling back the depth of his authority circumstance after circumstance healing after uh, after deliverance after this and so we have these things 
that we established, but yet we also have the disciples panicking in a boat. So if they know his authority, and they know the dynamic of how authority works, and they just saw him heal his mother-in-law, and they just saw him cast out demons and all who were sick, how could they be in a boat with their feet wet, panicking for their lives? How is that possible? Brings me to my second point I want to talk about that I hope I hope lands in a big way. Because when I was looking at these notes this week, I told my wife, I had to get out of my chair. It's <laughs> just like, wow. Water in the boat. Water in the boat. And this, this brings us to another dynamic that we need to talk about. Because we have the dynamic of authority and, and, and how Jesus has all the authority. But then you have the dynamic of man. We talked about the Lord. Now let's talk about us. Let me ask you this. How do you trust people? Think about it. How in your life do you trust people? Well, if I had to go out on a limb, I would say that it is silly and ridiculous, and we wouldn't teach this to our kids, to trust anyone with everything all at once. Very rarely, I mean, maybe your spouse, like, when you're infatuated and you're love drunk, and you're just like, I trust you with everything, baby. (laughs) But even then, you know that's a lie. We build trust with people incrementally over time as they reveal their trustworthiness to us. Can I get an amen? Okay. This is the dynamic of how we trust. We trust. We might trust the doctor with the cancer diagnosis and the, the collection of doctors with the, with the path and the treatment for our life, our physical well-being. We get rest and we, get, we place our rest in their authority. And, and we have all this rest. And people ask us, how are you resting? It's because I'm in the authority of the doctors and the Lord. And, and then we don't take those same people our taxes. That's silly. Well, I, trust them with the, I trusted them with the diagnosis, so I could probably trust them with my taxes. We don't do that. We trust different people for different things. And we trust, we trust people over time incrementally. This is a dynamic of how we trust as mankind. Trust happens incrementally. Time proves people's trustworthiness to us. The couple that's been married five years doesn't trust each other like the couple that's been married for 15 Oh, and there's part of trust with humans where we have to, if trust is ever broken or compromised, and, and there's, a, there's some type of betrayal, and trust is broken, now we have to, what do we do? We have to start over. Now we gotta, now we gotta build the building block, blocks of trust all over again. Cause that whole, that whole foundation of rest and trust, crumbled and we start over and incrementally and incrementally this is how we trust and so we 
we actually learn how to trust God the same way. And this is the part where I don't think we teach this enough in church. That this is our capacity and dynamic to trust incrementally over time. With segments of our life. And we don't teach that that's how we also learn how to trust God. Because what happens in churches is that somebody gives their life to Christ and they make a bold statement with their hands raised high. I give you my whole life. I trust you with everything. You saved me from my sin. You you forgave me. I'm born again. I trust you with my whole life. And we make a very bold claim. And I want to say there's absolutely nothing wrong with that except for it's not true. Because we need him while we're sinners. You know, everybody, everybody in the room was born physically, right? And then you reached a spot in your life where you trusted the Lord Jesus, I pray, with your salvation. You asked him to forgive you of your sin, and he did, and he performed a miracle and saved you from your sin. Amen? And we were born again. So we need him to save us from our sin. We need him for salvation. So we go to him for salvation and he proves his authority to save. Amen? Now, we offer everything, but then, we, but then when we're saved for a couple years, we start to hear the little knock on the door about, hey, how about those finances? And the Lord is asking us to trust him with finances, Right? And we, uh, we don't know how to do that because we trusted him with our salvation, not with our finances. And just like we don't take taxes to a good doctor, we don't know to take finances to the Savior. You understand where I'm going with this? And incrementally, we get into a spot with our career and our finances where, just like salvation, we need him again. We need the Lord And we say, God, I surrender it all to you. I'm going to trust you in this area. I I give you what you ask for in this area of my life. And then he's able to prove his authority in this part of your life with your finances. And you have it revealed to you that God can do more with 90% than you could do with 100. And he reveals his authority in your finances. And now, man, we trust him with our salvation and our finances. We are on the way to trust in him. And then time goes by. And time, I, think the, I think we are set up to fail when we believe that we give him our whole entire lives in full surrender in one moment. I think that that philosophy, that mindset sets us up to fail. Because then what, what happens is we sing a song like, All that I have is a hallelujah. And Jesus is going, that ain't all you got. 
How about that marriage you're not giving me? How about them children you're not giving me? How about that? How about that stuff you're watching online you're not giving me? How about? And we 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 realize, or or we get into a difficult spot, like the centurion. My servant is sick and I need him to be healed. And we run to Jesus and he proves his authority to us. And we trust him and we're at rest. And we might, we trust him with salvation and then we trust him with finances. And then what happens? Five, six, seven, seven, eight years into our marriage. Come on, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. We realize that we need him in our marriage. And then we go to him, God, I need you in my marriage. And he's able to reveal himself. So the, the trick about faith in God is, is that we know how to trust him with what we trust him with. But then when there's water in the boat, we panic. And I guess that's my long way around here to get to this point That the disciples had seen them heal. They had seen them cast out demons. But as soon as their... their, Did they wear socks? As soon as their feet got wet on the boat with something that they had never experienced, they're panicking. They run to the bottom of the boat where Jesus is asleep. They're shaking them away. God, save us. We're going to die. And he says, you of little faith, I have all authority. And then he rebukes the wind and the wave. And we have crises of faith when our feet get wet in the boat. And the trick with faith is applying the, the, the old knowledge that you have of his authority to new circumstances where your feet are wet. That is the trick of following God for a long time. Amen? That's the trick of working out your salvation. That's why there's a period of time called sanctification where after you get saved and before you die you are being made into the likeness of Jesus Christ it does not happen all at once nobody is totally sanctified sanctified and chicken fried at <laughs> at salvation no you you're saved and he's proven his authority over your life but then he's got to prove himself to your, to, in your finances and then prove himself. You get, you get your feet wet in your marriage and there's water in the boat and there's trouble and the thing's rocking back and forth and he proves himself in your marriage. That's what this sanctification is. That's the working out process. It's, it's, it's the Lord of heaven and earth revealing his authority in our life. One trouble at a time. One storm at a time. One medical diagnosis at a time. Amen? So we need to become absolute pros at applying uh, old trust to new circumstances. And that's the foundation of rest, my last point. We panic when we need them in new ways. Oh, man. I had this in my notes. See, if the disciples got into the boat with Jesus and Jesus goes down to take a nap and they're all just cruising along, let's just pretend hypothetically that there was no strong winds and there was no violent waves. However, Peter had contracted whatever his mother-in-law had and he was lying there deathly ill on the shipbed. 
I mean, just lying there, just fearing for his life, sick. What do you think their response would have been on the boat? You think it would have been, ah, we're going to die, Peter's going to die, go get Jesus. I think, I'm using my imagination, but they would have just seen Jesus touch Peter's mother-in-law. And I, do, I just think that they may have had the mentality, just wait till we get to the other side. We'll wake Jesus up. He'll just touch him and heal him. Because they, they, they could make that connection because they, their feet were, were getting wet with something they had already seen. And if like, if, if, if a demon came up in that boat and started harassing one of the disciples and got into one of the disciples and, the, and that disciple was throwing himself on the ground and, and, and you know foaming at the mouth and just being a demon I think that their response would have been oh we'll just wait until we get to the other side we know that by his word he cast the spirit out and so someone put him in a cage until <laughs> we get to the other side and we'll just, we'll just wake Jesus up then. But, but it was because they had not experienced violent wind and waves. They had not, ex- he had proved his ability to heal. He had proved his ability to cast out demons, but he had not yet shown them his ability to rescue them. And I'm going to call the band back up at this time. And, and there's a point that I want to make here at the very end that it is for rescue's sake that he reveals his authority to us. It's it's not like I said at the beginning, it's not a bag of tricks. It's not I get into this jam or I get into this pickle and I need Jesus to come and just do a trick so that I trust him more. It It is for rescue's sake that he is doing, he is revealing his authority to us. So just a really quick recap of the message that we have um, an understanding now of authority and how it works, and that we, we do place our authority, our, our rest in other people's authority. It's a, it's a normal human thing. And, and we know that Jesus has all authority on heaven and, and earth. And, and now we know that if we place our trust in the one with all authority, we can be at rest. And we also know how we naturally trust people. You know, you get married and in year one, you're trusting your spouse. And in year two, you're trusting them even more. In year three, trusting them even more. In year 15, you're trusting them even more. This is how our relationship with God works out as well. And um, this is the foundation of rest. That, that Jesus offers us rest today. And I want to I make a point, and, and it's just reiterating what Pastor Chris has already said, that rest is greater than healing. Rest is greater than, it's greater than miracles. It's greater than him Restoring you, touching you, healing you, performing miracles in your life. It is greater than all these things. Matthew 8, 26. We're going to put it up on the screen. He said to them, why are you afraid, O you of little faith? 
Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was great calm. 827, and the men marveled, saying, what sort of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? I'm trying to communicate today that the Lord wants to reveal his authority to you. And, and, And that happens just as it happens here incrementally over time. That he is revealing his, you're proving his authority to save you from your sin. And then you're proving his authority that he has over your finances. You're proving his authority that he has over your marriage, over your children. And incrementally you're learning to trust and to trust and to trust. And he, he's making it clear to the disciples that I have all authority. You know, he said to Thomas after he resurrected, it's something so simple. Because Thomas was the kind of guy, and we give him a lot of grief about this, but he was the guy who needed to see Jesus and touch him because he doubted. And Jesus appeared to him, revealed his authority to him, and he told him something. You remember what he told him? Blessed are those who don't see and yet believe. Blessed are those who get into the boat and their feet gets wet and they believe in the authority of Jesus. Blessed are those who go through circumstances that stress them out, that that cause their lives to be a mess, but can still find rest because of the authority of the one who holds the entire world in his hands. Amen. Rest is better than healing. It's better than blessing. It's better than miracles. It's better than pain. It's better than trouble. Jesus promises rest. And I want to challenge you today to rest in his authority. Your circumstances could be a mess and you can still be at rest because you are placing him in a position of authority over your life. Amen. Come on, let's stand to our feet. There's one more passage of scripture that I want to highlight before we leave. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 and 9. This is the Apostle Paul being greatly afflicted by some type of illness. You guys, if you've been around a while, you've heard Pastor Chris talk about this story. The Apostle Paul is afflicted with some type of disease, illness, something. And he's pleading for the Lord to take it away from him. And and he doesn't. Let's, Let's read this together. 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 9. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Here was a guy at the end of his life who could be in a boat with his feet wet. Pray to God, rescue me. And God says, I will give you rest. But I will not take that from you. I will give you rest, but I will not heal you.
I will give you rest, but you're going to have to walk through this difficulty. I will give you rest, but you're going to have to be uncomfortable for a season. You can trust me. I have authority over all things and you can have rest. And I believe that Paul responded in a way that that we need to respond. And it's just that we rest in the authority of Jesus. Amen. That he came to our rescue for our salvation. He came to our rescue for, for things when we needed him. And right now you might even need him to come to your rescue for something. And you may have, you may be in a circumstance where you think that the rescue of God equals the absence of pain or the rescue of God equals the situation to be completely healed. But the rescue of God is just his authority over all of your life, all things. So you can sing, I need you, Jesus, to come to my rescue because there is nowhere else that I can go this morning. Amen? There is nowhere else that I could go. Come on, would you begin to pray that with me? I need you, Jesus, to come to my rescue. I have nowhere else that I could go. There is no other name by which I am saved. So capture me today with grace. Come on, say that again. I need you, Jesus. To come to my rescue. Thank you, God. Where else can I go? Come on, let's pray that together. Cause I need you, Jesus. Come to my rescue. Where else can I go? There's no other name by which I am saved. Oh, capture me with grace. Come on, sing it again. I need you, Jesus, to come to my rescue. Tell them, there's nowhere else to go. Oh, there's no other name by which I am saved. Capture me with grace. Come on, it's His grace that's sufficient for you in every season. It's His authority that was enough for the Apostle Paul. It's His authority that is enough for you today. We pray. We pray, God, that Your authority is enough for our lives. Thank You for holding all authority in heaven and in earth. We need You today to come to our rescue again. Lord, reveal yourself to us. Prove your authority in our lives. And we'll trust you each and every day. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen and amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week.